0: I'd like to thank you for listening to community radio on WGRN LP 94.1 FM Columbus. I'd like to welcome our listeners back to part two with Suzanne Praxter. If you listened last week you heard us talking about uh, Suzanne's role in WGRN 94.1 FM and how it came about. Well now we're getting ready to get into the other side of the shop that Suzanne is involved in which is the Columbus Free Press. Enjoy. And Ernie, before we continue on, before we get into her talking about Columbus Free Press, do you have any more questions you want to ask her regarding WGRN?
1: Yeah, I want to, Suzanne, if she would just tell her, tell the listeners a little bit about her show that she has on there.
2: So I'm not Good the one. host of any show, uh, but I do produce my husband Bob Petracca's show, The Other Side of the News, and he's literally oh. been doing a show that's been on WCRS and WGRN since the early part of this century. And he's been a radio talk show host on WVKO and WSMZ, Air America and everything throughout the years. So he's a veteran uh, radio show host. And I'm one of those people that likes to be behind the scenes. So my talents lie more in making sure he has guests, making sure everybody has the logistics, making sure everybody uh, gets on on the, uh, nowadays on the Zoom on time making sure he looks all right when he's on his Zoom and everybody knows what they're talking about. So the other side of the news is mainly uh, current events, news and uh, political commentary, social justice issues, pretty much whatever's going on in the community. For instance, you can probably imagine our last couple of shows were about the whole anti-police brutality, Black Lives Matter movement.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I I remember listening to your husband and Bill Moore and I I forget the gentleman's name that was hosting the show but I used to listen to him for about 10 minutes when I was going to work on a Saturday <laughs> morning they used to minutes. be on <laughs> yeah yeah I used to you know on my way to work I would I would uh I'd be listening to him and they were had like a round table discussion kind of you know discussing current events within the Columbus uh community so so that's was kind that of was that is that something that did
2: was that WBKL, WBKO?
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, with Charles yeah.
2: Taylor and all that. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It was, uh, mm-hmm. it, was it was pretty intense discussions they, they had a lot.
2: <laughs> yeah, my, yeah. Bob is well known for his ranting and raving on the air,
0: <laughs> but people seem to like that. <laughs> yeah. And Ernie, just to think, all those years ago when you were listening to him on a radio, you would never think that you would be sitting up in one of his studios. Record, producing and recording the show.
1: Right, exactly.
2: <laughs> and who would have thought we would have actually had our own radio station, two of them, you know, never would have really imagined <laughs> yeah.
0: that. Suzanne, so there is one question before we switch subjects is, um, with the COVID-19, everyone has had an opportunity to step back and review some things. Is there anything that you can think of that you guys plan on doing different about the radio, uh, the studio, or your programming as far as WGRN? You know what?
2: This is going to sound really funny, but the fact that we can do all this without having a studio is kind of a revelation. I mean, if people, if actually everybody has the capacity to make their own media at home and not have to go to, you know, drive down to another place and and do their own media, that really opens it up to a lot more people, a lot more individuals, a lot more voices could be heard. Um, I think we're moving rapidly away from there having to be, you know, that shared space. Because so many people are doing their programming from home. I wonder if we even opened the studio back up, if they'd even need to come back in. I mean, it was a good place to learn, a good place to get to know each other, a good place to teach how everything operated. But if it's possible to actually produce programming that's, you know, got good enough quality and and meets the criteria of what, you know, what, what you're trying to achieve... That's what I'm starting to think. It's like we're moving into an era where we're all going to be at a distance. Uh, I don't know for how long, but um, even though we miss each other and we'd like to see each other again, I wonder, wonder if people will actually come back. I'm sure some of them will, because some of them have not embraced the, the Zoom and doing it at a distance. But I wonder if some of them will just continue doing it at home. Yeah,
0: And it's really kind of scary. When you say that, but it's so true, that not only just for WGRN and the facility there, but in general, organizations which have had rented and purchased office space in order to conduct business, and then COVID came along, and then everybody had, like you said, is working from home. So all these businesses are learning the same way, how to do something different and that it can be done differently where they don't have to have that overhead cost of renting out a building or uh, purchasing a building or having all this extra equipment. And the scary part of that is that you're going to have a bunch of empty buildings and companies, you know, the office. The computers, the chairs, and all that stuff is just going to kind of be gone. You know, if they yeah, don't bring them
2: back. Yeah, I think it's going to be. I guess going to revolution revolutionize the whole thought of how 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 do we conduct business from nonprofits to large corporations? Because I work from home now. I have a full time job, and I haven't been there since March sixteenth. <laughs> So I've been conducting my work from home and uh, we talk amongst ourselves and we chat on, you know, just web chats, you know, where we're typing to each other and send little memes and amuse ourselves. And it's almost like we, we talk more and we're having more interaction than we did when we were in the same building. It's so strange. Wow. We have so many yeah. more meetings because we can just jump on this, this computer, call somebody through a little kind of video conferencing device. We don't have to turn on our video every time, but we need our voice, and we can just talk to each other so easily. I mean, I could, when I was sitting in my office, call my other coworkers that are on the other side of the building, but I never really bothered to do that. I often did not bother to get up and walk over to the other side of the building, and I would just email everybody. <laughs> And now we just don't even email anymore. We just do online chats, and we just physically call each other and talk. It's kind of it's kind of backwards, but it's making us have even more interaction and being closer to each other than we were before.
0: So we're getting ready yeah, well, to say our second wave.
1: Yeah, well, let me throw a little little, little water on that, because I'm just concerned that, you know, that you know, some companies might use it to to get rid of people. That's, that's the only thing that 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 keeps going around in the back of my head. Of course, I'm retired now, so I'm I'm not really uh, you know under the gun on it. But that's my my concern is that you know they companies now looking at how they can you know function without having like you say that 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 big box of a building and, and that, that kind of stuff. And I'm just wondering, I'm just concerned that they might use that to uh, uh, send people home for good. This,
2: particularly know, Mike, the, the custodial ahead. staff, think about people that do yeah. the custodial yeah. work and the physical plant, the facilities people. Um, we have a bookstore yeah, yeah. at Columbus State. They the bookstore people don't have anything to do now because they were working at the bookstore. So you're absolutely right. I mean, I'm sure Columbus State will open back up someday, but they're they're struggling to keep some of the people busy, um, you know, that are trying Just to work from home staffing. right now. Yeah.
0: yeah I that's... know that a friend, a friend of mine who was doing community work um, for United uh, Healthcare and they would go out and do, uh, you know, the vendors. They got, you know, let go because of the fact that, you know, none of those things are taking place. Those communities yeah, are taking by place.
2: Just a quirk of fate as to which job you had when you had to start working from home and to whether or not you could actually do it from home. I feel incredibly lucky. Both myself and Bob have jobs that we can actually continue to do from home, but we know there's thousands of people out there that don't, and that's what the tragedy is.
0: Okay, well, we're getting ready to switch over to the Columbus Free Press, and what role do you play in that, Suzanne? Well, I am
2: currently the executive director of the nonprofit that runs the Columbus Free Press, and the name of that group is the Columbus Institute for Contemporary Journalism. And uh, the Free Press has a long, long history that way predates me. I was I was alive, but I wasn't involved with it back in 1970 <laughs> when it started up. I was just a, a, I was a 10-year-old tyke back then, but I was a, I was a, um, I was trying to be a hippie back then. So I think I, I was uh, on the right path. I, I dressed up as a hippie for my sixth when I was in sixth grade for uh, Halloween. And it was always my uh, aspiration to be a hippie when I grew up. But um, the Free Press became a nonprofit in 1986, and it changed hands throughout the community through all the years until uh, Bob Petrakis and um, a couple other people took it over in the early 90s, and that's when I got involved as a volunteer, and to the point where now I'm the executive director. So we have a board of directors that runs it, I'm kind of in charge of all the logistic day-to-day stuff and the finances and the, you know, actually an associate editor of the paper as well when we actually print a printed paper. And over the years, we've gone in and out of printing a printed paper. We've had the website since 1996. So I've been involved with it for many, many years. How long is that? 1990 is when I started.
0: So that's like thirty about, years. Oh 30, um, yeah. wow. yeah, 30 years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, thirty years. Yeah, when you're eight, Susan. <laughs> I know. I'm
2: I'm an old lady. <laughs> so yeah. So it's really it's really gotten more intense and harder to do as the years have gone by just because back when it was just a newspaper, it was just a newspaper. Now it's got two websites, it's got two Facebook pages, Twitter account, an Instagram account, and it's just a lot of stuff to handle. It's got an email address, (laughs) it's got a phone number. I mean, think of all the things, all the different ways that messages can come in and things to have to deal with. It's like fairly overwhelming. It's like a full-time job on top of my other full-time job.
0: And then are you guys still delivering it uh dropping them off at the various locations? No, to add uh, that the last to it.
2: issue Yeah, the last issue that we put out was March, but as of it's the free press has gone through many 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 iterations through years. So the iteration that I call the version that we're doing now is the large format like alternative news weekly um in the vein of like what used to be Columbus Alive and the other paper. Those two mm-hmm. have now gone by the wayside. We're the only last paper standing, I think. But um, we can only come out monthly because that's all we can afford. We only have one ad salesperson who literally lives in Cleveland. So we are always on the lookout for more people who want to sell ads. And we were able to hire a distribution company to, and when I say company, it's a guy and his friends. And they we pay them, and they distribute the paper. So gone are the days of Bob and I having to pick up the paper in a van from the printer and drop it all off ourselves. (laughs) It's been several years since we've had to do that. (laughs) And, of course, we don't have subscribers, so I don't have to handle all the subscriptions anymore. But um, it has just gotten pretty complex just with all the different ways you have to communicate with people nowadays. Um, I don't want to be sounding too old, but, you know, young people don't often want to read a piece of paper to get their news. They want to look at it online. So there's that whole aspect of keeping up with the
0: with the times if you guys excuse before a minute we need to take an identification break
1: hi this is ernest kelly with the faith thomas foundation you're listening to the sale on 94.1 fm wgrn and wgrn.org worldwide listen to us every wednesday night at 7:30 p.m
0: can you tell our listeners oh, yeah. how they can support? Yeah. Well, um, the free press,
2: uh, the, the nonprofit that runs the free press is a charitable organization. So one of the ways we've been able to sustain ourselves through the years has been to just take donations. So any donation you give at Columbus Institute for Contemporary Journalism is a tax write-off for you. So we do accept just flat out donations like any other charity., uh, we sell books. We have a website where Bob Petrakus and Harvey Wasserman and other people who've written their books are all um, their books are located there if people want to buy them, and uh, we sell ads for our printed paper, which we're not putting out right now. The last issue we put out was March, be- and then when the virus hit, we really couldn't uh, ask our distributors to try to distribute the paper to places that were shut down <laughs> nor nor are there any bars and restaurants that are actually fully functioning enough now or have enough money to even take out ads anymore. So we're in a little bit of a holding pat- pattern with the printed paper, but we, could, we can sell ads on our website. People are still looking at our website regularly. We post uh-huh. uh, our articles up there every day. So if somebody wanted to take an ad out on the website or if anybody wants to be an ad salesperson for us, they could email me at our generic columbus free press email address which is just the letters c-o-l-s to abbreviate columbus so it's c-o-l-s free press at gmail.com so it's like coles free press at gmail.com
0: and if they wanted to purchase an ad they can visit your website right at the columbus free press they could get hold of us there as well yes okay. mm-hmm. there's an advertise
2: button there's two websites one of them is freepress.org that focuses more on national and international news, and there's a website called ColumbusFreePress.com, and it also is available at ColumbusFreePress.org, and that's the one that is uh, all the information that's about Columbus, Central Ohio, and Ohio.
1: We might yeah, have to change watching. the
2: name of it, though. If we if we Why? decide to change the name of our city, we'll have to get rid of the name Columbus in our in the name of our paper. <laughs> With all the statues coming we're... down. <laughs> <laughs> You know yeah, there's so a movement fun. there's a
0: movement to change yeah. the
2: name of columbus there has been for years yeah, i wonder what they will gotta, come up
0: with what names have you heard well oh, we we've go ahead go, go ahead suzanne
2: well there was a really really bad idea to name it flavor town which i didn't really understand but it had something to do with a, a a food food show i think on tv or something but uh we've held uh competitions through the free press in the past over the years to have people put forth a name, kind of like the way they named the little baby elephants at the zoo. And usually people come up with Native American names, like somebody came up with Arawak City or Tecumseh, Ohio. Um, The original name, I guess, of of the city in central Ohio was Franklin. So we'd have to look Mm. up, make sure make sure nobody with the name Franklin was a racist, or else we would have to change it again if we if we named it Franklin. <laughs> so best, to, best to keep something very, very uh, neutral. But yeah, it'd be nice if it began with a C, and then a lot of people wouldn't, a lot of businesses wouldn't have to change their logos, <laughs> like Columbus <Tampa> State Community <laughs> College and the CICJ that runs the free press.
0: But I was watching the show about Jeffrey Epstein and I had rewind. And I said, Is that Bob? That was Bob Rewind. And it was Bob. I said, Look at him. He's he's telling. (laughs) He's telling. Mr. Epstein. (laughs) It is amazing how
2: many people so many people have seen that show. It's a very, very popular and horrible but very controversial part provocative show, but Bob has done a lot of investigative reporting on Mr. Epstein, which is why some of the film crews that came into town to to um investigate it have him on tape. That's not the only time he got videotaped talking about Jeffrey
0: Epstein. So does he believe that Les Wexner and him, you know <laughs>
2: I won't put Well this they were the definitely if nothing else, they were definitely involved in business together. And uh mm-hmm. the the way now that we know Jeff Epstein's business was not really on the up and up, you
0: know, those casts yeah. cast some excursions. I know that they said that uh he let him go or something or another because of the fact that he stowed over forty million dollars from him. Yeah, Wexner put him in charge of his finances, so I guess that's not that's that hard to believe. <laughs> And then he faked his way with all these degrees and things that he did, and people just didn't care. Hard
2: to believe that he got away with all that. And he doesn't seem like a charming man, but I guess somehow
1: he charmed his way into people's lives.
0: Okay. Well, Ernie, do you have any questions for uh, Suzanne?
1: Yeah, I do have one last question for Suzanne. And I asked Julie this question. You know, you, you, you do a lot of things. Uh, different projects. I was just wondering if you could tell our listeners or give them some advice on time management.
2: Time management? Wow. Is that what you said? Time management? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Now, are you asking that because you're having trouble with that, Ernie? (laughs) I always (laughs) have trouble
1: with that. (laughs) Yes. I'm asking for a friend. (laughs) You know,
2: I make lists. I, I think it takes a certain person, and I I I make lists, and I got this from my both my mother and my father's side of the family, so I think it's uh, genetic. But I cannot function if I don't write down everything that I have to do because I have a mind like a sieve, believe believe it or not. So I have a I have a little pad of paper next to my bed. I have several pads of paper next to my computer. I just have to write everything down, and that way I know what I need to accomplish for the day. I check everything off when I do it. I get, you know, fairly agitated if I'm not able to complete all the tasks, but then I know that's already written down and it's going to be the first thing I do the next day. So I'm not a time management expert, but I, could not, I couldn't function if I didn't write down lists, check things off. That's the best I can offer you, Ernie. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's good enough. I, I, I'm just curious about I've always wondered how uh, some people handle different, you know, different tasks and, and that kind of thing. And I think I do kind of like what you do. Uh, if I try and remember it, um, I'm sure to forget something.
0: Uh-huh. Well, Suzanne, it has been a pleasure to talk to you today. And we have learned, I've learned a lot you know, from talking to you about WGRN in the Columbus Free Press. And I'm glad to see that the Columbus Free Press is still holding on for all the things that are going on right now. And I'm, I'm glad to see that it's, you know, still maintaining. And we hope to have you again. And I'm sure that we'll see you hopefully before the year's out or hopefully within right. a year. But you let me know about your fundraiser. Maybe we can brainstorm something. Yeah, that's something that we were talking about. And when you just happened to say, because that was one of the things I was like, wow, you know, this is a little bit, there's going to be one hard part, and that's actually getting people either to record or getting someone to go and record in order to make it look professional and then putting it all together. Yes, well, we'll definitely be reaching out to you to see what information we can get from you and how it is that, you
1: know, you can help us to appreciate that. So, okay. Mr. Ernest
0: Kelly, Mr. Ernest Kelly, thank you for being on the show today.
1: Oh, I wouldn't have missed this one for the world. Oh, the I knew he wouldn't. <laughs> a, he has been such a big help. us, And I mean, you know, sometimes we call her at the last minute, and she is so gracious about her time. So there's no way I was going to miss this one.
0: (laughs) I didn't think
2: you would. (laughs) Yeah, we end up hearing your show a lot when we're driving up to my dad's, actually, which is funny, because you guys are always cracking up. It'd be like you listen to the show, and then all of a sudden everybody's just laughing at the toughest of (laughs) line. Hilarious! (laughs) Hilarious!
0: <laughs> Just like now. <laughs> yeah, we leave it in there. Yeah. Well, it's
2: good. People need to laugh okay. nowadays. It's better
0: than crying. Yeah. Okay. So hopefully, hopefully you found yourself laughing with us. <laughs> yes, for sure. And so, Suzanne, thank you once again for coming on and allowing our listeners uh, to hear from you today, and thank you for sharing. Thank you, Phyllis, and thank you, Ernie. Yeah, with that being said, peace out. The Faith Thomas Foundation would like to thank you for listening to The Cell. We broadcast on WGRN 94.1 FM every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. You can also stream us live on Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. on WGRN 94.1. For more information on the Faith Thomas Foundation, please visit our website, Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is FaithThomasFDN.